The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. It is a 7.06 and it is the Monday night edition of Employment Law Show. Welcome to it. Stick around for this entire almost an hour. Good to have you along here. The uh, phone line's already open, as you know, 416-870-6400. This is a massively important show. And every night we do this show, as the weeks continue, we get deeper into the restrictions and the things that uh, come boiling down from the COVID-19 crisis. It's more and more important every night that you learn what your rights are, how your rights work will or will not be affected when it comes to the employment front. And that is why we are here. That is why uh, Lior is uh, on the ship. He's on the ball. He's ready to go. Ask your questions. 416-870-6400. There is new developments every day. People are confused. So make sure you get in here. Do not be bashful. Get some information. Uh, Lior, just today, I mean, uh, Air Transat laying off 70% of their staff, 3,600 people. That is just the iceberg. And the uh, the ripple effect continues on down. Um, What's going on tonight? in your world what do you say yeah so air transit lays off employees uh doug ford announces that uh, non-essential mm-hmm. businesses are going to be forced to close on on wednesday and my gosh lots of questions are rising out of that uh, you know what happens if i lose my job for how long what are my rights so employment law is always important we've been saying this for years we all have jobs we all have rights yeah. and we all need to have answers but it's so much more important right now when we may lose our job but our jobs are not guaranteed they're not uh, steady so if you have questions about what this means for you what COVID 19 means to your job maybe you lost your job or laid off temporarily you you're worried about what's going to happen wednesday when the uh, new doug ford regulations come into effect call us right now take advantage of the fact that we're here for the next 40 minutes or so to answer those questions i'm here happy to talk and of course if you don't want to get on air but you want to talk to me privately off air we'll give you my phone mm-hmm. number we'll give you my email off the show and what i wanted to start off you know before we take our first call johnny is i wanted to talk about what this means what, what doug ford announced today with the essential yes. businesses uh, closing down Good call. So, from an employment law standpoint, here's how this works. And, you know, we're learning as we go. It's not like there's any precedent for this. But here's how we're looking at this. If you mm-hmm. now are out of a job because your business is forced to shut down and you cannot work from home and there's no option to work from home, if that's why you lost your job, whether, you know, if it's a temporary layoff, then there's not much you can do. At that point, you're not going to be able to, to get compensation. You're not going to be able to get severance as long as it's a temporary layoff. If the employer says, we have to close for two weeks, there's not, no possibility to work from home, so we're going to be off for two weeks, then you don't get severance. And a good example would be, for example, people working in car dealerships. Let's say car salesmen. Right. You can't really sell cars from home, right? So if your car dealership closes down because they have to now, Doug Ford has decided, and as long as you're off really for that period of time only, then the employer is allowed to do that. That said, and this is key here, John, if you're, let's use the same car dealership as an example. If the okay. car dealership says, well, you know what? We're letting you go. We're not letting you off temporarily. We're just letting you go. Well, no, no. Now, even though they're closing because of the virus, they still have to pay you severance. There's no reason for right. an employer to let someone go permanently without compensation without severance so severance is still going to have to pay then for all other businesses john the businesses that where you can work from home you know my my staff we're all working from home 
if you're laid, laid off, you still can require your employer to pay you your severance. If you've been temporarily laid off, if you're working from home or have the ability to work from home, despite mm-hmm. the fact that the physical business has to shut down, you can still require the employer to pay you severance. That could be substantial. So happy to take your questions about your status, about your job, about your severance. Uh, any questions about COVID-19, can you be off work when and for how long? Bring it on. We're ready to answer those questions. That is a huge piece of the pie you just answered, and so much more to go here. Again, 416-870-6400. Do not hesitate. Get that phone call happening while we're here doing the show this hour. In that regard, Dave, thanks for uh, for hanging on for the opening couple minutes there. Pal, what's, uh, what's going on with you? Thanks, guys. I uh, love your show. Um, thanks, man. Uh, my work was good enough to give me a couple weeks off of work on a, take a holiday because I take mm-hmm. care of my ninety year old. My ninety year old father lives with me, and who knows? This week we may have. I may be turned into an essential worker, and I'm terrified yeah. that I'm going to kill my father. <laughs> you know, like because this epidemic's just started. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and, yeah. and you know, in, in this situation, if you are caring for someone that's that's vulnerable, then you, you you would qualify for the EI benefit. So so you don't have to work because it is too risky. Even even in, as an essential employee, you still should be able to be off work and get uh, get EI based on the new regulations uh, imposed or, or that have been outlined by the government. We don't have full particulars, but starting in April, you should be able to apply for those benefits and, and get EI. So if you are, even if you are designated as an essential employee, you still should be able to be off work. Uh, and the the other thing is this again. I'm not a doctor, right? I'm just a uh, just a dumb lawyer. But yeah. uh, despite that, if you talk to your doctor. And your doctor says, you know, this is a very stressful situation for you. I think because of stress and anxiety, you need to be off work. Then your doctor could give you time off work, provide you with a note, and then you can apply for EI sickness benefits. You can potentially apply for short-term or long-term disability if you have that through your through your work. So there's a number of things that you can do, uh, and no one wants you to work and, and and put your father or anyone else at risk. So there are options here, uh, Dave. Absolutely. Okay, great. Thank you very much, guys. Love your show. Thanks. Dave, really appreciate you uh, taking your time and calling in. Again, you want to reach out. You have more questions for uh, Leora, no problem, anytime. Here's the number I'm going to give you. First of all, one 855 821-5900. Please use it and keep that number, not just for this occurrence, but any other. Email is help at employmentlawyer.ca. That's a good way to reach out as well. For the rest of this show, you know, bring those phone calls on 416-870-6400-188-225. Talk. That is the other option. That is toll free. Uh, moving on here to uh, to Randy. Hi, Randy. Good evening. How are you? I'm doing well. I was just wondering. What's your I question? Was, um... Uh, my question is about the grocery stores. I don't want mm-hmm. everyone to start panicking or anything. It's just, you know, about a week and a half ago, I was out in Pickering. Grocery stores were, you know, bones, like they had no meat, no bread. And then even now I find the bread's no, nowhere to be found, really. Like, right now we're fine. I know that. But give it three weeks, a month. If the factories are not open, like, do they make, like, are they emergency service, the food preparation factories and those facilities? They should be. It- and, and that's a great question. I agree they should be. And, and um, uh, the uh, provincial government has said that they'll announce tomorrow who they consider to be an essential service, who can and should stay open. Now, grocery stores are, are of no value if they don't have food, if they don't have supply of food. So I My expect point. 
Exactly. And I, so I expect that, that companies like the one that you were talking about will be deemed to be essential services oh, yeah. and can stay open so that we can all get our groceries and we can all get our food. But we will know tomorrow, by this time tomorrow, exactly uh, what, what the provincial governments deems to be essential. Uh, but I would be very, very shocked if food producing factories are not going to be on that list. I have two quick questions. Um, mm-hmm. One would be if somebody works for Dempsters, could they maybe call in and tell me why there's no bread anywhere? <laughs> hey, if, you, if you're a Dempsters, we'd like to know. We'd like to have an answer to the bread question. Giving you a high, a high five, Dempsters. You got amazing bread, but where the hell is it? I need That's right. Bread. Yeah, that and toilet enough. paper, right? I hear you. Randy, again, if you want to uh, reach out any further, uh, 1-855-821-5900, help at employmentlawyer.ca. I want to see if we get a chat in here quickly before we uh, we break. i got to go to break, Chad, but uh, what's your question? Um, yeah, I, uh, I'm a full-time Uber delivery driver, delivering food, yep. right? And um, I know we don't know until tomorrow what's considered essential and not essential, but if by some whatever reason he decides to close all the restaurants, I'm, I'm out of work for two weeks at least, right? And Uber has said that they would uh, provide people financial support if you have COVID and you have to self-isolate for two weeks, but... I'm healthy, and I'm wondering, well, like, well, like, uh, what am I? What am I, What's going to happen with me? What, like, what, yeah, uh, the government benefits for people who don't qualify for EI. They say it won't be available till April sometime, and even then, I know there'll be a backlog. And I'm, you know, I'm just wondering what, what hmm. you know, there, is there some uncertainty here? Yeah, there is a huge uncertainty, and and you know, I've spoken with a number of people that that uh, drive for Uber for other similar companies, and, and the reality is that in the interim, until you can apply for benefits, there's not much that you can do. There's really no other benefits available to you. Perhaps uh, you, you can you can shift to other uh, services, Uber services, if those are going to be running regular uh, Uber passenger services. But short of applying for those benefits, which again won't be until April, and you're right, there's going to be a backlog. It's going to be a few weeks. I, I wish I had an answer for you. I've, I've said the same thing to the other Uber drivers. Uh, there, there isn't an answer. There's no other benefits available because you're not technically an employee, even though you should be. You, you don't have benefits for your employer. You don't have a short-term disability plan or long-term disability or, mm-hmm. or anything like that. So uh, I, I, I hope and pray that you can continue working and you can continue earning some income. Beyond that, just apply for those benefits. I wish, I wish there was something else I can tell you. Chad, appreciate your time. Going to move on, take a short break. Uh, Jamie, Mary, and Tom, all you guys, hang on. We will get to your phone calls and you as well. Bring it on. This is the time you want to ask. 416-870-6400 or 1-888-225-TALK. That number's toll-free. We're going to continue Monday night edition of the Employment Law Show on Global News Radio. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Yeah, we continue on here, Employment Law Show. Yeah, 416 870 225 talk That is toll-free. You want to reach out any time to Lior and a member of the team, do so. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. That is the website and the number anytime, one 855 821-5900. Back to the uh, the phone calls. We're getting on them for sure. Jamie, thanks for uh, thanks for standing by. Hello. Good evening. Of course. How are you guys doing? Good. What's uh, What's up with you? 
Well, I just have a question. Uh, so I work uh, in sales selling capital equipment in Toronto. And so there's, you know, production side and then there's the sales and office staff side. Mm-hmm. And, and being in sales, I do have the ability to work from home 100%, which I did one day a week beforehand. Now we're shutting down for COVID-19 and everybody's laid off. So even if you had the ability to work from home, um, are they still able to lay you off? So that's a great question. And the way I look at it is this. If it's, if it's a choice that the company is making, then if they lay you off, that's a termination and there's severance obligations. If it's not a choice, but it's simply a decision that's been made for them, then you're not entitled to compensation. Now, based on what you've described, because you're able to work from home, they're choosing maybe for financial reasons, what have you, not to allow you to do that. So that's a okay. choice. You, you, you can't still work. There's no legal requirement that you not work from home. So if you can work and they decide not to allow you, then you now have a choice. You can accept this layoff and you know, not work and then hope at some point they call you back to work, obviously. That is option yeah. number one. Option number two is you can treat this layoff as a termination, meaning that you could get severance and pursue severance right now. Now tell me, okay. Jamie, how long have you been working for this company? Um, just a year. Uh, okay, and you told me a bit about your role. Uh, how old are you, Jamie? 32. So you're probably looking at two months pay, potentially as much as three months pay. That's what severance for you would be if you chose oh. to pursue it in this situation. Now, before you you do anything, I'd want to talk to you off air. I want to find a bit, a bit more and, and review any yeah. employment agreement that you signed. But those are the options, ultimately. You can accept this and, and okay. see what happens if they call you back, or you can treat that as a termination and get severance. That would mean that you would not go, be going back to work at any point. So those are the options. If you'd like to talk about severance, by all means, call me or email me after the show. Happy to connect with you and discuss. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thanks, Jamie. Appreciate your time. Here is the uh, the contact info. Again, one 821 5900 You can reach Lior on email, help at employmentlawyer.ca. Moving on down the line, Marion, thank you for hanging on. Good evening. Yes, hi. How are you? Great. Um, what's uh, What's on your mind? Yeah, my question is, um, I've been off work for over a year on long-term disability because of heart issues and I had heart surgery and so on. Now, I'm doing better. My doctor okayed me to go back, and um, but nothing was finalized yet. And then the COVID thing happened. So, um, you know, they wouldn't want me to go back because of the heart issues, too at this point and I work with seniors so um, I'm just wondering is the long-term disability the people there like duty bound to keep killing me um, because of the situation with my heart and so on so I mean they haven't taken me off long-term disability it hasn't that hasn't happened yet uh, you know, but it, it would eventually because I am you know ready to go back and all that how long have you been on disability? Uh, about a year and a half. So because it's been under two years, the, the, the test for being on disability is whether you can work in your own job, in your own occupation. And arguably, even though in the normal circumstances you'd be able to go back to work, given the current situation, uh, it may be too risky for you and for others if you went back. 
And right. if, your, if your doctor supports you in that respect, yes, you should be able to stay on disability. And, and the, the, the insurance company should be listening to your doctor if that is your doctor's view, doctor's opinion. Ultimately, if right. your doctor is of the view that despite what I just said, you should be going back to work, your employer, right. if they're able to, uh, and what I mean by able to, uh, unless they're shut down by the government and there's no job, uh, if they're able to, should be taking you back to work, even if they're suffering financially. And if they don't take you back, they have to pay you severance. So someone must pay you, either it's your employer or the insurance company. Under the right. circumstances, I think it makes sense to explore the insurance aspect first and with yeah. your doctor's support, staying on disability. So here's what I will say to you. If, if your doctor supports you and the yeah. insurance company gives you a hard time, they don't want to keep you on, let me know. I can help you deal with the insurance company. The flip side is if your doctor still feels you should be going back to work and your employer won't take you, let me know as well. I can deal, help you deal with your employer. But one of them has to step up and pay you, but I would start with the insurance company. Okay. I'll do that. That's great advice. Thanks so much. Thank you, Mary. Appreciate uh, you calling through again uh, to reach out further, one 821 5900 But here now tonight on the station, 416-870-6400, 1-888-225-TALK. That is the way to go. Tom, you're up uh, You're up next, pal. How are you? Good evening. Good. How are you guys doing? Good. What's on your mind? Um, actually, I have kind of an interesting situation. I've been with my company for 32 years. I'm a, a supervisor and uh, we're still going to be running because we're we're a steel company that's uh, the supplies of uh, nuclear parts. So, um, what happened is my wife went out. She got she started getting a cough. Her employer sent her home and said, "Look, you can't work here if you got a cough and everything." She's on sent home from her employer. I spoke to my manager and he sent me home because she was sent home, which I was perfectly okay with. We normally have a 17 week uh, sick pay. And the company actually told me a couple of days in that they're not going to pay me sick pay that I needed to go on unemployment. Okay. Uh, so, you know, in terms of sick pay, the company, first of all, are you part of a union? No. No, okay, I'm not good. part of a union. No, I'm so, a supervisor. I supervise. I understand. So, in, in the company does get to decide how they administer their own sick pay policy. So, here are, are your options right now. You can uh, obviously apply for EI benefits and you will qualify, except there's maybe a bit of a backlog, but you will qualify. Number two is, does your employer have a, a short-term disability plan? Yes, they do. So you may actually be able to qualify for that in those specific uh, circumstances, uh, potentially apply for that uh, as well. But well, they said the short- no, though. They told oh, me I, I don't, they're not going to pay me yet. They said they won't pay me short-term. The insurance company said? Well, the company does it themselves. They just I see. Just off insured. The last time they just paid me 17 weeks, and then I, you know, I came back to work. So I think the best advice, at least for that that two week quarantine period, because it is reasonable, I would say, for a company to say to you uh, that that you're not going to be working if if you know you're potentially with someone that may have the the virus. I think at this point the benefits or, or the 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 recourse is to apply for EI benefits, which can pay you for 15 weeks or so if you're if you're unable to work, even if you're not sick but you're caring for someone. That's some of the benefits that the government has implemented. If you're caring for someone that may may have the virus, you will qualify. Now here's the, here's the key though, Tom. Once your 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 uh, your your wife is fine and you're otherwise able to come back to work, if they won't bring you back to the same job at the same pay in the same hours. 
at that point it becomes a termination and after 32 years you could be owed as much as two years pay uh, right. but that's something that we assess if they don't take you back I'll be honest but... okay for now I think your only option is the EI benefits again the government has implemented these new benefits while you care for someone else I see that right now as the only recourse Tom, appreciate the call. Got to move on. Lots, uh, lots of calls to get through here. Four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred. That is the number you want to call in. One triple eight two two five. Talk. That option is uh, is toll free. Alan, you're up next. Good evening. Hi guys, how are you? Good. What's going on with you? Uh, we sort of overnight last week, sort of we were laid off altogether, sort of out the blue. There was no warning whatsoever, so uh, the whole company was laid off. And, uh, and they said to us, uh, a letter is in the post, so I'm going to tell you what, how to proceed. I found out in the meantime, I don't know whether you th- it could be a bit of a hard question. I found out in the meantime, so if, if you go to look up in Service Canada, and they're telling you somehow, because the company's laid you off, it's a bit of a, it's a group layoff, so you don't know uh, whether you have to put in group layoff or an individual layoff. Doing these kind of things, uh, as far as I know, doing a group layoff, the company has to get a file number, as far as I I know so can you confirm any kind of these things uh it, it none of this should apply or, or should impact ei at the end of the day whether it's a group layoff or an individual layoff, what ei cares about is whether you're you're out of a job and whether or not uh, you you qualify to ei for ei based on the number of hours that you've uh, that you've spent etc so none of that should actually matter uh, you don't need a file number for EI. You need a record of employment, of course, but that's the only thing you should need when you apply for EI. Okay, thanks a lot. Thanks, Alan. Appreciate that. Uh, you want to reach out uh, further with any more questions about that or your job, one 821 5900 A good website, by the way, anybody can go to and get a ton of information, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Keep the calls coming here, though, 416-870-6400. Nancy, thank you for, for hanging on the line there. How are you? Hi, how are you doing tonight? Good. What's uh, what's your question? Um, I am under an arm length agreement with my employer. Um, I have not been um, paying EI. Would I be qualified? Do I qualify for the uh, COVID? Maybe under self employment. Yes, and the government specifically made arrangements for people that are self-employed. In other words, people that would otherwise not qualify for EI uh, to to get EI in these circumstances. So yes, now not too many details have yet been released, and you can't even apply until April. And there's going to be a backlog when you are able to apply. But but the overall answer is yes, you can and you should apply for EI, and you, you will be able to qualify based on what the government has told us so far. Uh, so I would get on that as soon as they open the, the registration. I, I don't rec- recall if they have actually given the date. I know it's in April. Uh, but yes, the fact that you're not technically an employee does not change your ability to, to apply for EI right now. Okay, even though like I do pay all the other um, payouts, just like every other employee other than um, the arm length um, because my brother is the owner of the company. And am I right to say that you probably work exclusively and full-time for this company? Yes. So you, you've been misclassified. You are someone that's an employee. You know, if you look like an employee and you act like an employee, then, you know, guess what? You're an employee, even though you may call yourself 
an arm's length or a contract, even though you may pay your taxes, not as an employee. You, you are an employee. So that's something to keep in mind. But for the purposes of EI, EI is not going to be able to make that assessment. But the good news is they don't need to because the federal government has made it available or has made the EI available for people in your situation. So, yes, you'll be able to qualify. Okay, great. Thank you very much. Have a good night. Thank you, Nancy. Appreciate that. Uh, you have a great night as well. 416-870-6400, the number to call through, get into your call. Shelly, uh, thank you for standing by. Good evening. Hi, hon. Um, I was wondering, I've never heard anything about our farmers being protected. Like, we need them. We do need farmers, absolutely. But, but what's, what is your, your specific question? Well, are they going to get their product in and to go out that they need for farming? Well, I, I, I think that, again, I don't know the specifics, but obviously without farming that none of us are, are going to be doing well for very long. So I, I think that uh, farming is an essential service and, and they're not going to be prevented from doing what they're doing. So I think farmers, uh, unlike, um, unfortunately, many others, will be able to continue to operate and, and will be able to, to do what they're doing. So I don't foresee there being uh, too many issues there. And I have another question. What about... Um testing on druggies and hookers because they're around all sorts of people and uh, they can they can pass it like nothing yeah i, I you know the, the the government hasn't put in place requirements as to who qualifies who's able to get tested right now mm-hmm. uh I, I i don't know the specific exact i don't know exactly who qualifies and who not who doesn't i can't argue with what you said obviously some people should be tested uh and 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 should be uh uh, subject to uh, us determining whether they have the virus. That's a good point. 416-870-6400, talk That uh, way is toll-free. Moving on here. Laura, thank you for uh, for standing by. How are you? No problem. Thanks. Good. How are you guys? Good. What's, uh, what's your concern tonight? So we, as an employer, sadly, have to consider doing some layoffs, and we are looking at temporary layoffs as an option. And I understand that people can continue to work while they're on EI. It's just sort of like they're, you know, they have to make under a certain amount. It's like, you know, up to 90% of their previous salary, including 50% of their EI benefits. My question is, if we temporarily lay off one of our employees, can we also pay them on, say, a contract basis or like a reduced, you know, wage basis or can we not also be their employer for the second portion of their salary? Does that make sense? Well, the reality is that if they're earning income, even if it's from a contract like this, they would have to report that income to EI, and yeah. then EI is not going to pay them, right? Uh, well, but you can work while you're on EI. It just but, has to be under a certain amount. Right. You, you can earn more than uh, 90%, so it's a 90% rule. Uh, but that's fine. So if, if they make a certain a small amount of income, then yes, potentially they can work and get EI. But uh, mm-hmm. but it would have to be a very small amount of income or it's going to start impacting their EI. But here's the thing. The reality is that you're still going to be their employer. So there's really no no point in, in terms of entering into a separate contract. If you can simply reduce their wages and, and pay them a certain amount for some work that they do, and, and keep it that way. You don't need to enter into a separate contract. 
But here's something you want you have to consider, Laura, and that is this that if you have an employee and you reduce their pay or you lay them off temporarily, that employee has the option to treat that, to treat what you've done as a termination and require you to pay them severance. So that is something that may happen. Again, depends on the employee. Some employees are going to say, no, no, we're not going to do that. But other employees may want to pursue that. So you may find yourself having significant liability in that situation. Right. And depending on how long these employees have been with you, that liability could be from anywhere from a few weeks to, you know, up to two years pay. So it could be significant. Yeah. Yeah. No, I can see that. So how, okay. Again, like these are all options we have to weigh out because unfortunately if there's no money coming in, there can't be money Mm -hmm. going out to pay salaries. Like it's, it's the reality of the situation. I'm also on the chopping block, by the way. So if we reduce wages, how much can we reduce wages? like reasonably so that somebody can still, you know, like make a reasonable amount that is more than what they would get on EI. Hmm. So, and you know, I'm going to get, I'm going to tell you, and you're not necessarily going to like this, but anything when over 10%, let's put it that way, any, anything more than a 10% reduction puts the employer at a risk that the employee treats that as a constructive dismissal. And I completely hear you that you're not doing this to be mean, you're not doing this because you're a bad employer. You're doing this because there's dire financial situations going on right now. I get that yeah. completely. But despite that, and I've been saying this kind of all week, is despite the, the financial situation you may find yourselves, employment laws don't get suspended. You know what I mean? Employment laws mm-hmm. are still there. You know Whether they should be or not, that's a different issue, but they're still there. And mm-hmm. because of that, if you reduce someone's pay by more than 10%, if they're so inclined... They could treat that as a constructive dismissal and pursue severance. Now, a lot of employees may not do that. They may say, I get this. I understand. I'm going to be the good soldier and, and, and continue on, and that's fine. But right. anything beyond 10% at least gives that employee the option. The best way to always deal with that, not that it necessarily helps you now, but just generally it, it, to avoid this situation is to have a term in an employment agreement that says we have the ability to modify compensation for business reasons. If it says that, then you can essentially do whatever you want as long as it's legitimate. But obviously, we can't go back right now. So hopefully, your employees understand the situation and they're willing to work with you because they understand, hopefully, that it's temporary. But you are taking a risk if you reduce employees' pay. I hear you. So essentially, there's nothing to help. Oh, we lost Laura there. Sorry, Laura. Uh, if you want to call back at another time, you could do so. Got to move on here. We still have uh, some calls to get through. 416-870-6400 is a way to call through. Nina, hello there. How are you? Uh, hi. Thank you for taking my call. My question is uh, I, I have a uh, business, corporation, and I'm paying tax as being employed of my corporation for about six years. Uh, but as far as I know, the, when you're owner, you you don't pay particularly EI, you pay CPP. Do I can get apply any support uh, since our business is closed for time period? So self-employed individuals, you know, the government has said will qualify for EI starting in April. So yes, you, if if the government follows through on that, and I I, I don't see any reason they wouldn't. Then you should be able to qualify if you know you're self-employed. Uh, that's you know that's what a business owner are is uh, is self-employed. 
you should qualify for EI starting April and, and be able to get, you know, it's not going to be much necessarily, potentially just a few hundred dollars a week, but you will be able to qualify. Okay. Okay. Uh, but is this uh, categorized under EI or different kind of categorized for the business owner? It's it's a it's an EI benefit. Yes, it is oh, a, yeah, a, a EI. Yes, they they've, they've given it a, a different name, but ultimately it is EI. And and the government has announced that you can start applying for it in April. So not you can't yet, but hopefully next week you can start applying for it. Moving on down the line here, get to uh, to Trevor. Hi, Trevor. Thanks for hanging on. Good evening. Yeah, good evening. Thanks for your time. Um, sure. Yeah, I um I am a truck and coach mechanic. I work for a large um, Toronto. Um, trucking firm where we, we fix trucks. It's a huge garage, but it's a lot of workers, and we we just cannot observe that six feet um, mm-hmm. social separation. And then you had, um, like, within a couple of weeks, you had two people that came back from various parts of the world, and they came in. They didn't take that... Um, isolation? Isolation. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. I, got, I got at home as, as young as three years and stuff. I got a family of three, you know, three kids. And um, my employer is saying that um, because I work as a truck and coach mechanic and the groceries are important, we need to be there to fix the truck so the groceries could be taken there, trucks to take the groceries and the products to, to the groceries. Uh, what's my recourse here? Hmm. Yeah, and and. Uh, they're right in that uh, there is some employees that have to continue working despite that. And the best advice, as I was saying before, is you know you are putting yourself at risk. One of the things you may be able to do uh, is do what we call a work refusal. A work refusal is a situation where if, if you feel that the work is unsafe, you can refuse to do work, and then the Ministry of Labor can come in and investigate and determine whether the work is safe. And you cannot be punished for doing a work refusal. Uh, you cannot be fired or, or penalized in any way for doing that. That's one consideration. Another option, as I was saying to an earlier caller, again, if, if you find that you can't work, stress, anxiety, because you're concerned about your health, if you talk to your doctor, if you have your doctor's support, if the doctor feels that you shouldn't be working and he's willing to put that in writing, you can get time off work so you can uh, be off work as well as apply for EI medical benefits. So those are a number of options that, that you have uh, at this point. Things may change, by the way, depending on what the government says on Wednesday, uh, or actually they'll say this tomorrow in terms of what is considered an essential service. It may be that despite everything that your particular business is not an essential service, so we may have a different answer then. But uh, that, that's my advice at this point. All right. Um, well, thanks for your input here. Um, appreciate it. Thanks, Trevor. Appreciate that. You want to reach out uh, further, you can do so. one 821 5900 You can go to uh, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. That's a great website. And the email to reach out to Lior and crew is help at employmentlawyer.ca. So, uh, I mean, we're going to get to uh, to Jonathan here, but I think he's got the same question. What is considered essential, right, Jonathan? Uh, right. Uh, I'm actually yeah. in the uh, transport business. Uh, just wondering if that's considered essential. I know this is supposed to be a list. 
and, and yeah. you know we're, we're all kind of all by, by we I mean lawyers have been kind of trying to rack our brains in terms of what is essential anything really to do with with the food chain supply and and, and you know uh, helping people get uh, either food or or medical treatments uh, apparently the LCBO is essential believe it or not uh, hey, hey, but of course uh, of course if you know John you know why uh, huh. but uh, but those are essential. We don't know more than that. We will know more in 24 hours, Jonathan. So I think the best advice, rather than me try to guess what the government's going to do, is let's see what the government says tomorrow, and then we'll all be a lot wiser. Before we wrap, the uh, you know you mentioned an option would be possibly considering constructive dismissal. Um, if someone says, yeah, yeah, you know, no, I don't think so. I don't want to go down that road. I'll take this CI, this temporary layoff. What are the pitfalls at the other end of this that the person like that might consider? Yeah, and that's a that's a real consideration because by being that good soldier and taking that temporary layoff because you want to mm -hmm. help the employer, which I completely get, by the way. Totally. One of the things that will happen is you give your employer the right to do it again in the future. And if they do that again in the future, at that time, you won't have recourse. You won't be able to treat that as a termination. So you have to make that decision whether you're comfortable with that in a situation where you're laid off and you go back to work and you come back and back and forth. So you only have one kick at that particular can in terms of being able to say, no, I'm not accepting that. So definitely something for employees to consider. What happens if your business goes out of business during this whole fiasco? What happens I think then? the technical term is uh, your SOL. Yeah, uh, yeah, you really are because then you can't get blood from a stone. So in some situations, it may be better to pursue your entitlements while there's gotcha. still a company out there being able to pay. We'll be back here Wednesday night doing the same thing. In the meantime, help at employmentlawyer.ca is the email address, one 821 5900 And, of course, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Go absolutely nowhere. On Point continues right after this. Alex Pearson is back on Global News Radio. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto.